When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world, and today we're in here with the one and only L.A. street legend, Baldacci, in the building. Much love, man. Thank you guys for having us here. We appreciate it. Oh, no, I'm excited to, to have you on here. You got a very interesting story. Uh, we, we met in the back of the store uh, a couple of years ago. Why, why were you there? Who'd you pull up with? I forget. I was there with China Mac Right. when yeah. he came to do his interview with you. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's dope. Hell yeah. It's crazy, man. That's how the world works. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. doors open and it's... It's a blessing. Definitely. And I kept seeing you on, because uh, I did the Mr. Cartoon interview, and then more recently did the Esteban Oriol interview, and you've fucked with both of them over the yeah. years and stuff. Yeah, those are, those are my bros right there. Esteban Oriol's been, you know, like a a big blessing to myself and my camp and just everybody that's been part of everything we're doing. Esteban brings me along for a lot of stuff, man. You know what I mean? Shout out to Esteban, for sure. That's what's up. You feel like you're kind of like his... His muse, like he, he's always looking for something shocking to take photos of, and you're kind of like shocking by nature with the face tattoos. And it's, it's crazy because before I even met Esteban, like I had all these photographers hitting me up to take pictures of me, and you know they were doing their thing, and a lot of them, more than one, mentioned to me like, "Hey, you know what? Let us get our pictures out the way before Esteban gets to you." And I was like, "What do you mean? Like I didn't get it, you know?" They were like, "Oh, you know, the big dog's gonna come look for you soon. Promise mm-hmm. you." And out of nowhere, he hit me up and. I was on an ankle monitor. I was doing finishing up some probation time. I had an ankle bracelet, and he hit me up and was like, hey, you mind me coming to your pad? Because I told him I can't leave. So uh-huh. he's like, I'll come to your pad, take some pictures of you. And I was like, man, let's get it. So he came. After that, it was a wrap, bro. We just we clicked and, and took off since then, you know? Yeah, He when I look at his career, it's just kind of amazing to me that he's somebody who, like, nowadays everybody knows, like, to, to make content, to film videos for YouTube, to take photos for Instagram. Everybody's on that because right. you got a phone in your pocket everybody can do that but right. he's somebody that even in the 90s and shit was like mega early on being a fire photographer and then also realizing the value of being on tour with these dudes and and actually capturing that not to mention like the actual la street culture on top of him just being on tour and everything so he saw the future like many many years ago so we we, we owe him a very big debt you know for sure for sure it's a trip when i see his pictures it's like i know they're his pictures mm. without even knowing like it, it's it's insane i'll see a picture and be like stellan took that you yeah. know because it's like it's classic bro he mm. he got it it's know? a stamp in a way because you just met duno for the first time and when i was <laughs> looking through duno's page i saw that he had been shot by esteban and i'm like Right, there's a coastline right there. It's like that's a, a good it's stamp. like a pyramid. Everything just ends up, you know, connecting somehow. You know, everybody's shooting for the stars, and everybody's going the same way. You know what I mean? Especially, you know, there's people that are doing a little bit more than others, but at the same time, you just never know who you run into, who you see. Like, yeah, you know, definitely. So, uh, early days of you. Let's talk about where you're from uh, and what what your very early years were like. Right. I'm from South LA, from the Florence community, Florence right. District. Yeah. Um, born and raised, basically. I was born in Inglewood, California, and took from the hospital straight to the street where I was basically raised on. It's called Converse Avenue. That's uh-huh. why I got the Converse sign right there. You right. know, I'm an all star from that block. So okay, I definitely go. had to get that. A couple of us have the the stamp. You know what I mean? It's okay. like, but um, yeah, man. It, early age, you know, I tried 
the whole school thing. And uh, I mean, it it went well for me, I I, I would say. But at the, at an early age, you know, I started hanging out with a different crowd and you know getting introduced to a different lifestyle, which was a gang lifestyle. You know what I'm right. saying? And so was that front and center in front of your eyes, like growing up the whole time? Like you always knew about this shit? Yeah, definitely. Cause my dad, he you know he's rest in peace now, but he was from Florence, so you know what I mean. Like we were. Not like he tried to introduce us to us, but it was there in our face, and there was nothing really he could do about it. You know what I mean? Right. Most of the time, he was gone in prison. You know what I mean? So my mom, she she tried her best to take care of us, like, and keep us on the right track. But it was just, you know, my older brother and then my sister. Like, we were all part of, you know, we were all involved in it. We had our hands in the cookie jar, and everybody wanted to be like my dad. But know? when you say hands in the cookie jar, do you mean that you were just trying to be like like it was just your identity or you just wanted to be around all the shit that was going on or was there actual like you know money being made and shit that you were involved with from a young no, age no I, I mean like like what i mean by that is that so if we wanted to not get jumped in to like our gang it seemed like we didn't have to uh, you know what i'm saying because we 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 had those family ties like that already we we wanted to just sit back and be a, you know, a normal person in that neighborhood, it, it was, we still would have had the same amount of love and respect really? that we did, but we ended up choosing to, you know what I so mean? So because your dad was known like that, you could have, like, really just been a good kid and go to college and, and shit. And yeah, and been cool, you know what I mean? Because my pops has so much love. Like, everybody fucked with my dad heavy. Like, they love my dad a lot, you wow. know? So, but we, you know, we chose to still, you know, be part of, of what we did. And it's like, I mean, now it's... It's different. It's a lot, lot better now. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not. I'm not out there living the way I used to live when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Now right. I'm doing more positive stuff in the environment and trying to get you know noticed in a different way. Back then I was trying to get noticed in a certain way. Now it's a different way that I'm. I'm working on getting this recognition. You know? Definitely. But it's like when when you put yourself in your dad's shoes at that time, it's weird because it's like you know him and all the guys that he's around are all part of this life and they've all accepted that they want to be like this. And I'm sure that like to some extent, you know, your dad wants to hold you to that standard and and see you sort of like take on the tradition that that he took on. But then at the same time, you want a better life for your kids. Like you want your kids to maybe be able to have something different. Did, but did, how did you feel like your dad thought of that for you? Do you think that he really wanted to keep you away from that stuff? Or did he just sort of accept at a certain point? It's kind of hard to say because, I mean, like I said, he was really gone a lot of the time of my life. So it, that, you know, our, our only communication really was through, like, letters. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? He would send letters home. and But he would definitely get on my get on my case on in those letters. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you better be listening to your mom. You better be... You know what I mean? He would definitely try to put me in the in in the right place when it came to like my lifestyle, and um, I think just at a certain time he kind of realized already like okay, it's a little too late for me to try to pull him out of this water. You know what I mean? He's right. already in that water. Like, but then, you know? but then does he sort of take on like a a leader role, telling you about how shit is and stuff, or does um, he more he, schooled, let the he schooled us since we were little kids? Like he basically would, you know, lace us up and kind of give us you know the rundown on how. You know, things should be like how you how you should live your life and go about without getting yourself in trouble, without, you know, crossing certain lines that you shouldn't or just stuff like that, that I feel like at the same time, whether he's putting it out there for us, but it's knowledge. You know what I mean? It's stuff that got me through life. Mm. You know what I mean? It's stuff that helped me walk that straight line and kind of never get myself in trouble. Yeah. Trouble. I mean, I've been in the system. I've done time like all that but you get through the system a certain way if you if you followed certain rules like and everything you know is put there for a reason like we didn't make these rules you know what i mean this is just stuff that 
you have to abide by. So mm-hmm. my pops schooled me the right way. I, I really can't say that he encouraged me and said, hey, you got to go be from a gang or mm-hmm. you got to do this. He never did none of that. But at the same time, he prepared me for prison. He prepared me for the system. And he kind of schooled me, like I said, and gave me the right tools to, to get by on a, on, a, on a good stay. What was he mm-hmm. in and out for? Like, what was was he like getting caught up for robberies or was, that was it his like thing. Really? my pops used to get busted for robberies growing? You know, I guess when he was younger and do, he was that was his thing. You know, he just he was bad, bro. Like my pops was a bad motherfucker, and that, <laughs> you know, I just man, my heart goes out because he's gone and he ain't he ain't able to hear hear or see like the the, pro, the progress and you know everything that I've got accomplished now. Like before he. He died in 2013, so you know I was already starting my journey. It wasn't where I'm at now, but he he got to see and he got to hear some of the music, and he was just you know he was really proud of me. So I could imagine how he'd be now, you know. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, but did you grow up with like a natural sort of like like my dad did a year in prison when I was uh, 12, and right. I I remember the effect it had on me. It made me really really angry towards the system and towards like you know just the idea because i didn't believe that he was guilty and i just yeah i felt like the whole thing was so unfair and it really like filled me with a lot of rage at that age in particular you know you're 12 13 years old you're going through puberty for the first time and shit like did you feel anger as a result of your dad not being with you because of that yeah i kind of did you know what i mean because it was like i felt like we could only see him on a certain day of the week for only Mm. for 15 minutes behind the glass type shit this is when he's in the county jail and my my mom would take me to go visit him and then like you know seeing those guards come in and tell you like that's it hang up the phone and it's like you know he's trying to get the last words to tell you i love you or be cool and they cut these phones they're off treating them like, like an animal right and it's you know weird I mean? for you to see your dad being treated like that like right. you're used it to hurts. your dad being the the, the big man that right. calls the shots you and know? it hurts it's like yeah. man come on now like you know you just you guys got him in the cage whatever it is he did wrong i understand you know what i mean but i mean we all pay by by doing time or doing whatever you know repercussions that we have but at the end of the day let's do it fairly you know what i mean like and i Mm. felt like at that time especially me being that age i didn't really understand the whole you only really have 15 minutes to talk on the phone you know what i mean now i I mean growing up i i had to learn that because i had to be in the same position now i'm on the other side of the glass getting visits from other people you know outside and they're telling me oh you gotta hang up the phone it's been 15 minutes type shit now i'm seeing like oh this is what it is you know so when you were attracted to actually being put on with the gang and everything is like you know one thing i've been thinking about a bit is how like all over the world there's like different gangs different different states but there's there's like different norms of what being in a gang is where you have some areas where like in in brooklyn and shit right now like when i read about all the gang shit going on there it seems like it's primarily like these gangs basically exist to beef with each other like it's not like oh like we have a gang because we are selling drugs in this area and we need to like look out for each other and shit like there's there's different like norms of what being from somewhere is um what was like your perspective on it when you were growing up like what was it for you to be down man it was it was crazy because you know me being young at the age that you still really ain't fully developed in your mind and you know joining you know my gang where i'm from florence you know at that time still to this day like it's crazy like a lot of people don't like don't like us you Mm -hmm. know what i mean for whatever the reason be years and years of of history you know what i'm saying but at the end of the day it's like I chose to join this. I know so many people don't 
like us, don't appreciate us, and probably don't respect us because of whatever it is, you know what I mean? But that's something that you chose to take on, you know what I mean? Me being a kid, I, I didn't think about it like that until, you know, I started hitting the system and going to juvenile hall, and juvenile hall is where, where it's at, mm. you know what I mean? Like, you're sitting in there fighting the world, especially if you're from somewhere where they don't like, you know what I mean? It's right, like, like if you weren't turned out already when right. you're in juvenile hall, that's where you're just around a bunch yeah, of bad learn, kids. You learn, if you can't fight, you're going to learn to fight, you mm. know what I mean? Because people are coming to your door trying to take your te- you know, your tennis shoes, trying to just, just to test you, bro, you know what I mean? You'll wake up, you, you know, get up, about to brush your teeth and wash your face, and right there they make you leave your shoes and your pair of pants outside the door so mm. you don't try to escape or whatnot. You leave all that stuff outside your door, so... You know, some people will wake up and come outside and see their pair of shoes missing and then see a bigger dude walking to go eat breakfast in them. And you're like, what the fuck? You know, like, that, that's how it would get. Like, you know, it, it didn't happen to me, but I did see it happen a lot. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you just got to you just got to respond, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got to protect yourself. You got to protect your, your your you know, your reputation, especially like, you know, you're young and you, you don't want to be, you know, labeled as that punk in there. That's for sure, bro, because right. it, it'll continue. You know what I'm saying? And then you got different races, different people just taking your shit, like, mm. and it's over for you after and, that. And then you're, like, socialized to all of a sudden understand that extreme violence is the only way that you're going to be able to survive in this environment with your respect, right? Yeah, fighting, bro. Like, that's that's how I, I was taught. Like, you know, like, not even say, I can't even say I was taught. I just something that I picked up on in there. Like, it's like, it's you or them, bro. You better fight back, you know what I mean? So mm. I ended up, you know, in the box or whatnot a lot growing up so what was the first time you actually got in trouble and got and got uh have to go to juvenile hall though what kind of stuff were you getting into man it's crazy because i was i was uh 13 years old and i ended up i ended up getting <clears throat> arrested for three stolen cars in the same day so, so I, that was your your hustle at the time it. you were and taking people's cars I used to t- we used to take them to drive around bro we weren't even really? selling shit doing nothing we just take them drive them around for a little bit park them and then let them find their car we wouldn't even damage the car bro. that's like the definition of just a bad kid crime yeah, we, you know <laughs> we were bad bro i ain't gonna sit here like and it was funny because you know the first time they arrested me for that um you know they took they they, they called my mom basically and Release me to her custody, you know, here, get get your kid out of here, you know, type mm-hmm. shit. And the second time was like, like I, I explained it in another interview that I did. It's like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the mm-hmm. way that happened. Like, lunchtime, got busted for another stolen vehicle. So you got arrested, got let out, and you were like... Three times. You've learned nothing. You were day. like, let's go do it again. <laughs> the same day, bro. Like, it was insane. Why was your luck so bad that day? I don't know, man. It was crazy. But I felt like I think it was just time for me to go to juvenile hall and yeah. kind of get, get the experience out the way. Time for me to go learn, because... I, I was, you know, I was a, a nonstop train at the time, man. I was mm. just going, you know what I mean? And it was like, you're either going to get arrested, you're going to end up dead, or you know what I'm saying? Who knows what's going to happen Do you think you, that, like, like, subconsciously you kind of wanted to get locked up so you could really see what this is about? I, I honestly do. I, I really feel like when I was that age that, because, you know, growing up we watched movies and we've been told by, you know, other individuals, oh, this and this and this happens in juvenile hall. So at the same time, I was like, I, I mean, not that I didn't believe it, but I was like, man, like, where does, you know, you being a, a G fall in? Like, mm. if, if you a G, they ain't going to take your shoes. Right. If you a G, they ain't going to slap you around. They ain't going to do all this stuff that you see on the movies. That ain't going to happen to you. You know what I mean? If, you, if, you're, if you're a real one and you're going to go in there and represent, like, that's not going to happen. So, mm. I mean, at the same time, I, I took the, the fall going to jail for these stolen cars and that was my time to learn and I and I did, you know? I did. I got to see that half of the stuff they say 
about all this stuff that's going on doesn't happen in juvenile hall. You know, they saying, oh, they, these people are fucking raping motherfuckers. Like, that wasn't going down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, at least I didn't see none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the, the whole getting your kicks took in, the whole... You know, fighting against people you don't get along with on the streets, all that. You, you was see. it mostly like about who you were getting along with on the streets, and where, where you was it primarily? Is is it become racialized there, or is it still more about no. who's from where? Yeah, <clears throat> juvenile is is different than you know the the adult system because juvenile they put you with whoever. You know what I mean? They sell you whoever your name lands with next to. That's who's gonna be your bunkie. You know what I mean? And it's like it doesn't matter your race, doesn't matter your age wise. They did kind of separate us. They had some. You know, 13 and 14 year olds in, in one unit, and then another unit, you got the 15, 16, and 17. It went like that. And then the matter also of like, if you had like carjacks, murders, if you had like a heavy case, they, they had a unit for like older dudes that were busted for more serious crimes and shit like that, you know? And yeah, like um, they kind of, so it's more of what, what you're doing on the streets and where you're, where you're from, bro. You right. know what I mean? I feel you. So, okay, how long do you do then? And then, like, what, you get out and you just end up getting locked up over and over? I actually didn't do a long time for these these three stolen cars. So the first two times they released me to the custody of my parents, well, to my mom. The third time they told me, you know what, don't even call your mom. Like, you good, you going to jail. Like, uh-huh. So I, I went, and I want to say I only stayed in there for, like, maybe a month and a half, maybe two months, and I ended up getting like a DA reject. I guess that's when the court don't even pick up your case or whatnot. They just throw it out. Such a common crime. Yeah, yeah because I think and yeah, so that young. and I was a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were just like, man, okay, just let them, that little month in jail should be enough to shake them up. You know what I mean? So whatever, they let me go. But I came home and, you know, shit just started escalating, bro. Things just got a little more enhanced. I went back to, to juvenile hall like, a little bit after I wasn't even home for too much longer and uh, I caught some real cases you know I went to jail for uh, carjack kidnap strong arm robbery how'd that go down that was crazy bro that was that was like some some made up shit actually bro this family that you know had it out for me you know what I'm saying like and just basically you know put me in jail bro and I didn't actually even do the things that these people, you know, were saying that I that I did. So it was like know? your enemy's family that basically nah, like just it was, it was just a it was just a kid out there, bro. That you know a lot of you know a lot of people messed with, fucked with, punked. You know what I mean? And and I honestly, what's funny about it is that I would see him, you know, certain liquor stores and just different stuff. And I would you know I knew I knew him like just from seeing him around. And I would I would back him up, bro. I would tell some people when I see them messing with him, like, hey, just leave this fool alone, like a little kid, you know what I mean? Whatever. Well, he just I don't know what what took place in his mind. I I actually caught him, you know, messing with some people's property or whatever, like in my in my area. And I I kind of went over there and told him, like, hey, bro, look at this. this is why people mess with you. Don't mess with people's shit. Okay. Leave this shit alone. The next day, I was in jail for carjack, kidnap, and strong arm robbery. What the fuck? But they didn't have no evidence or nothing? Nothing. But I was a gang member. I had tattoos on my face. Oh, you already? What age did you start doing that? I I got my F-13 on my chin when I was like 13, going on 14. Holy shit. You didn't know anybody else who was 13 getting tattoos on their face, right? How old are you now? What what year was this? I'm 38. Now I'm about to be 39 on Saturday on February 13th. Well, 13-year-olds did not have face tattoos in in 97 or whatever. Yeah, it was rare. And, and, you know, my homies, they, they tend to do that. They tend to write on their face at a young age. We learned, you know, young at that kind of shit. So... I had that tattoo on my face, so basically, 
I got a court. I had a, ended up getting a, a a lawyer. You know what I mean? Because it was like they were offering me 21 years. That was my deal. So I was like, nah, I need I need to get an attorney. So my mom, you know, begged, borrowed, and stole to get money to get me an attorney. They mm-hmm. got me an attorney. Um, the attorney came and told me straight up. He's like, look, bro. I don't believe you did this shit. I told him, look, I don't even know how to drive. So I don't know how I can carjack somebody, first of all. Right. And they, they mentioned some shit like chloroform and that I pulled a pistol and took like a dollar from the kid. Like, it was crazy. They would have to have so much evidence to actually they prove had this, right? zero. The only thing they had was the kid and his mother. Right. So he must have went home and, you know, cried to his mother and basically, hey, you know what? Help me out here, mom. This is this and that. So moms went to bat for him. Moms was like, I had never seen moms in, his, in my life. Huh. You know, but she was there ready to go testify against me, bro. Like, right. it was insane. But basically, my attorney told me, you're a gang member. You dropped out of school. He's a kid that goes to school, gets good grades. Like, who do you think they're going to believe? Yeah. So he scared the shit out of me. You know what I mean? He was like, look, you know, I'm trying to give you 21 years for this shit. Like, you really got to think about this. Maybe you might want to say, okay, I did the robbery, <laughs> but I didn't do this and this and this and that. Uh-huh. He's like, so they could give you a certain amount of time and not 21 years, right? You know, and I had already been in the system for a little bit, so I kind of was learning like, like how it worked. You know what I mean? So I was just like, man, like, I don't know, I didn't know what to do. I was, I was a kid. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm gonna leave it in your hands. You tell me what you think I should do to the attorney. He's like, look, man, take it, take a robbery. I'll get you to go to juvenile camp. You'll probably be there for about a year. Right. I told him, let's go. Was there so part did. of you that wanted to make something happen to this kid? I mean. Was that even on the agenda just, of, like, nah, possible I, I, things that honestly, you would have done at that time? after that, I was just like, man, like, just the amount of trouble you can actually get me in just by saying some shit. Like, I was like, bro, I don't even want to see your face. Like, right, just, yeah. I'm going to stay as far as I way I can from this kid. Because, like, I know damn well I ain't never done nothing to this person. You and know it's crazy, I mean? too, because it's like so in the area, areas like this, there's a huge stigma against snitching, right, especially right. for something that didn't even happen. I mean, that's how it works, man. And, you know, it's like, honestly, I had nothing else to ever do or say or anything about the kid. Like, I just, you know, left it alone. They were, you know, they had even put like some shit on like, oh, if you if you give anything happens to him or you run into him or anything like you're we're coming after you, basically. So right. I just I left it alone, bro. I was like, you know what? It is what it is. You know what? Maybe, you know, it happened for a reason. I went to, to jail and I learned I learned what I had to do and how to, how I keep moving. And you know what I mean? Like it, it it's, all, it's all a lesson. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I look at it as just as a lesson. Right, but so this was all like the local juvenile jail was, shit. This yeah. wasn't prison yet. No, nah, no, nah, this was juvenile, and you know, I got out. <clears throat> and the thing is, I, I so I was supposed to just be gone for a year. I actually was in there a little bit longer because of fights and just stuff that carried up out my time and gave me more time. Little small stuff. Right. And then um, I came home when I was about seventeen years old. You know, I came home. Um. When I turned 18, I I got shot five times with an AK-47. Right. And okay, so how did that happen? Where were you? I was at the wrong place at the wrong time, bro. That's all it was. Really? You know? Yeah, I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. We honestly, it's not. There's not really much that I could even say because it was a, it was a blur. Right. Like it just. I woke up two months later. You know what I mean? A month and a half. I was in a coma. Right. So wh- like, where were you standing though? I was in a car. It was a drive-by. Man, it's it's. No, nah, it wasn't, you know, people, they, we got walked up on and shot at, you know oh, what wow. I'm saying? Like, it was, it was, it was rough, you know what I mean? But 
man, I'm I'm here, bro, and that's what's what counts. You know what I mean? I'm I'm still breathing. I'm talking. I'm not in a wheelchair. I'm not. You know? Yeah. I'm here. That, man, though that that right there must have really changed everything. You haven't even hit 18. You can't even buy a pack of cigarettes yet, and you get like like really this story in general. I'm sure you were like you know putting yourself in situations and stuff, but a lot of this sounds like just really bad luck. Like you know, like even getting getting this getting shot like that in this situation, the fucking uh, false uh, narrative that this kid came up with about you and shit like that. You know, I always think about that. How like you know we all know people who like dr- drove drunk once and got caught, and yeah. we all know people who drove drunk a hundred thousand times and they and never got caught. Going, yeah. It's like. A lot of shit just but then it compounds upon itself because the more that you get arrested the more that you're in prison and you're around all these kids and you're fucking learning shit and figuring out how shit really is and it's taking you further and further away from being able to be a person with a job did you even add a certain like did you even have an idea of what you wanted to be in your life at that point besides just from the hood yeah i mean i always liked music like since i was a young kid like music was just my my outlet you know what i mean like if I sat there and listened to some stuff on some headphones or if we'd be at parties listening to music, music always just caught my attention. And I knew that I wanted to do music, but I just never took it serious because I was still out there hanging out. You know what I mean? And you didn't just, know anybody who was in the music industry? Not either? like that. You no. know, there was there was some people in my neighborhood that, that you know, they did music here and there, but they, they wouldn't even look our way. Like, it was really? like, okay, little kids, you know? But now they see us and they're like, oh, shit, you're doing the damn thing now. Like, But it happens like that, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's like you got to pay attention to those little guys, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know I do. When little dudes hit me up, like, hey, check out my music. I'll, I'll go check them out, bro, because I'm not cocky like that where it's like, oh, no, I can't check you out. You know what I mean? Like, what's going to take me a couple minutes to go and listen to mm. whatever it is? I mean, I ain't going to lie. If I listen to something and it's, like, not what I'm expecting, then I'll get up out of there. Like, oh, okay, cool. Right. You know, but... There's something that catch my attention, and I'm like, okay, little kids, you know, he's hungry for this, you know what I mean? And that, I, so my music just like it formed on itself. Like I started writing only because I would go when I was younger to like my neighborhood parties and rap, and you know, I would see the people dancing to this shit, and I'm like, I'm sitting there like, damn, they, they're actually feeling this music. Like it's something that I'm doing for a hobby, but they're they're getting their boogie onto it. So I'm like, okay, it must be something that that's there you know what i mean what was the dope shit to you at that time though the shit that made you love hip-hop and was it only hip-hop or were you fucking with other shit as well i pretty much listened to everything but i think when i started listening to everything was when i grew up a little bit more being in the system because you know sometimes they send you far away where you can't get no radio stations so the only radio stations you get are playing these chick songs or these other stupid songs that you listen to some country and shit everything like everything that comes through that you can listen to it's like okay I like this. This bumps. You know what I mean? That's interesting that that kind of turned you on to shit you never would have heard otherwise. Never, bro. Mm -hmm. I would have never even ever thought of listening to any of that music until I was sent places where that's all I can listen to, you know? Mm -hmm. Once in a while, you'll hear a rap song come out, and you're like, oh, shit, you know? But, yeah, it was mainly rap growing up. Like, that's that's all I really listened to was, like, like, you know, the old... Big artists or, like, local L.A. dudes that you were looking at i think i did a little bit of both like Mm -hmm. i mainly like i would you know listen to like tupac too short Mm -hmm. easy like those those artists but i did have like a local little selection of certain artists that i'll be like okay i like dudes music you know it was a couple of you know people like from san diego like mr shadow and you know what i mean certain different ones there was different artists that i would actually sit there and be like 
okay, you know what I mean? Like, I, I could listen to this. It was and, a lot harder to get your shit out there if you were an unsigned underground rapper back then. It was right. kind of like you had to get a label behind you because people really found out about music from MTV and the right. radio. And now they got social media to yeah. do it for them. Now you, know? you can be like the coolest rapper from some neighborhood in LA and you got 100,000 followers and <laughs> there's 100,000 people that know all about you, but nobody else knows who the fuck you are outside right. of the little LA bubble. You That's know? the struggle, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's crazy. It's, it's just... That's why we just keep pushing and keep striving to get to the next level, you know? Definitely. Um, okay, so you're you're writing raps, like, while you're in prison and stuff, too? Are you really kind of, like, still thinking about this idea as you're locked up and everything? Yeah, because at the, at the same time, you know, we got a lot of free time on our hands. You know, you get locked down or whatnot. You got to stay in your cell, you know? Only thing to do, basically, in there is either work out, you know, um, Bird bath, take a shower, basically with your sink right there that you mm -hmm. got. You know what I mean? Um, right. That's got to be a challenge. Yeah, yeah, it's a little, it's a little mess. You got to learn how to do it. You got to learn how to roll up your towels a certain way so the water don't fly off into the tier. You know what I mean? You just roll them up a certain way. Some cells are different, just depending on like you know the way they're angled or the they're lopsided a little bit. You just got to find out where the water pushes when you're showering. You know? Right. But yeah, I was writing raps while I was while I was on lockdown and just I kept on. I got stacks and stacks of music that I still haven't recorded out here to today. Like cause once I got out and I had a phone and I learned how to use the notes, then it was like, okay, I don't need this pen and paper no more. Like I could use this. You know right. what I mean? But I still have stacks and stacks of music that I wrote while being down. And all of that I feel is gonna come into play. You know what I mean? All of that, because that's a certain time of my life that's on paper that's you know what's going on with me at the time at the moment and you, you know? held on to all of it you yeah, were you, kept it. you sending it back home or you just had notebooks in prison i walked home when i got out of, uh when i got out of the joint i came you home to walk home duffel bag no i, I got a gate pickup you know oh, family okay. came to pick cool. me up but when i walked out i walked out with like these duffel bags that they have for uh, like workout bags uh -huh. full of music really tool you know what I mean? Like, it was just notebook after notebook after notebook full. Some of them I'll go and read, and I'll be like, damn, I wasn't even making sense this day. Like, what was I, you know, but it's there. And there's some parts where I'm like, oh, that's what I was, that's what I meant. You know what I mean? I go over it, and I'm like, and a lot of it's like scribbled down paper, but I trip out because, you know, an older dude once told me he passed by me, and I had a bunch, like, I was working on a song, but I had scratches throughout the whole page. Uh -huh. And he walked by and seen it, and he's like, hey, um, I don't mean to be in your business, but you caught my eye with all those scribbles up, you know? And I was like, oh, no, I'm just writing some music. And he said, a real artist scratches everything out and goes back and corrects itself. So he's like, I see what you're doing, and that's what you're supposed to do. Like, so I, for, from then, it's like, I just kept on, because I just kept getting signs, bro. Like, I felt like there was signs from the universe or wherever you want to say these signs came from but they kept telling me to keep going and don't stop and that's where i'm at wow you that's know? dope that's um yeah because i mean it's got to be hard to be motivated to write a verse when you haven't even heard a fucking beat in two weeks never mind like ever like you know like right. i'm sure there's a bunch of people who like rap in prison and stuff but yeah. it's not like that experience sitting in the studio with a beat playing over and over right. that that easily allows you to sort of think about how you want to rap on the track yeah. or whatever and that's so crazy because my mind got so used to a certain tempo in my head that i was like you know what this is my my bpm this is the time this is how fast i gotta rap on this beat like i just played these own my own beats in my head and i was able to write you know and then we also had a band room i was in the feds too I was, i've been in the feds and in the state but when i was in the feds we had a band room where we would go and 
we had like the Chronic 2001 CD, like the just the just the um like the vote, like just the beats. You know what I mean? It was instrumentals. Really. And we wrote and wrote and rapped over those beats. Like you would hear, everybody had like ten songs to every different beat in there, cause it was like six of us that actually kept that band room like live. You know, and each of us had like ten different songs written to every beat on the Chronic 2001. Like, but. Still, that's cool because you could come home and put that on another beat. Right. You know what I mean? That was just us having fun and, you know, doing what we wanted to do with the music. And just getting to practice because I think that when I look at rappers, even rappers that people don't consider like lyrical or whatever, like if you make a song, if you make one song, right. shit is probably going to suck. If you make a thousand songs, the thousandth song could suck, but chances are you're going to keep getting better. It's like yeah. anything else. You, if you just keep doing it over and over, you're going to get better. Or you weren't meant to do this in the first place. Right. That's what I tell my homies. That, you know, I got younger younger homies that always hit me up like, hey, you know what? I want to, you know, I want to get into the music. Like, what do you, you got any kind of, like, advice for me? And I just always tell them, look, bro, you, you can't get no worse. Mm. You're only going to get better. So just keep with it. Don't give up on it. You know what I mean? That's the main thing is not giving up because I've seen so many you know, throughout my years that, you know, kind of give up on, on whatever it is that, that they're shooting for. And it's like, I, I understand it feels like it's never going to pay off. You know what I mean? It, it really does. It's like, we're tired. You yeah. know what I mean? We're tired of running at this dream that feels like it's never going to be there. You know what I mean? But I, I just feel like there's, you know, there is something out there and that's, that's my reason that I haven't quit. And I feel like every day I, I do something productive or I make something happen that, it, that encourages me to, to not stop. Definitely. Yeah. So, so that time that you were locked up, though, then is, you come home for a little bit, and then you catch this Fed case. Is that basically how it worked? Well, well I went and did um, like close to six years um, in the st <coughs> in state prison. Mm -hmm. um, after I came home from doing six years, uh, like I, I I got out. I was out for like two and a half years. But the only reason I was out for two and a half years because we were already being you know, watched or whatever and shit. And I ended up getting caught up, bro. And just you knew like, that? Were you like nah, phones tapped and didn't shit know. Like Yeah, that? they had like, you know, phone phone taps, fucking shit like that. You know what I mean? And it, 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 I came home and just walked basically into an indictment, bro. Like ended up going to jail, you know? Were you coming home thinking I'm going to stay out of trouble and I'm going to change my life now? And I'm, or was that even a, an nah, option to you? Nah, that time when I was still, I had barely turned. So I went to jail when I was 18 and I got out when I was gonna be 24 or something like that. So I was still young. I was, I already knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to get home and party and turn up, you know what I mean? And, and I did, and that was basically the wrong move because, you know, we were already having, you know, problems on our hands. So I ended up catching this beef and ended up getting sent to the feds for like conspiracy, you know? And, and didn't you not really even do anything that significant in the, the this time that you got arrested? Wasn't it just like a phone call you had with some girl or some shit? No, well, like, you mean like when I went to feds? Yeah. Feds, it was just... That's part of this conspiracy their, case. They didn't have anything crazy on you, right? Nothing at all, bro, really, to be honest with you. I mean, they, they had calls where they would say, oh, you know, he's talking about such and such narcotics or whatnot. I was partying, bro. Right, you, you were know what I mean? I'm partying some drugs. Like, I was chilling. <laughs> that's different, you know right? What I mean, yeah, I was chilling, bro. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, you know what I mean? I had to roll with the punches like I've been doing since I was a kid. Like, I, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not going to cry over spilled milk. Mm. I'm not going to tell on nobody. So that's, you know what I mean? That's part of the game. You've mm. got to roll with the punches. And I did. Have so. you been in that situation of having a, a cop sitting across from you saying, tell us this, this, and this, and you get oh, to yeah, go outside that, today? That, that's happened 
forever. They always attempt. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, bro, you you, you got to look at me and kind of figure that, you, you know, you got to go to the next door or something. Go ask the next yeah, guy. What do you, what, what's your actual reaction? <laughs> like, what do you actually say when they're trying to put you on the spot? What's like, funny? Just like, it's not happening. Come on. I had an attorney, and, and that was his thing. Like, I just... I. I fired him, and everybody laughed at the court in the courtroom because they were like, "You fired him like you paid for him." Because I didn't pay for him; it was like a court-appointed attorney. But uh-huh. that was his thing, bro. Every time he'd come in to see me, he's like, "Hey, you know, the government feels like you have very valuable information." I'm like, "Bro, I don't give a fuck about you or the government. Like, get the fuck out of here," you know? Right, bro. He left one time from that meeting that I told him that he was shaking with his with his suitcase, and I was like, "What's wrong with you, bro? Like, why are you tripping like that?" He's like. Because you're going to kick my ass. And I was like, I'm not going to kick your ass. Just get the fuck out of here with that shit. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, like, I'm here for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anytime I've been in the system, I've been in the system because of myself and nobody else. Right. You know what I mean? Have you seen a shitload of people, like, from your area or just people that you previously were cool with who snitched? And, like, what's the fallout normally like? It's crazy. It's everywhere, bro. Like, it's not just necessarily, you know, it's just everywhere. The world has changed so much nowadays, and it's like... Man, that's why only only thing to do now is basically fly fly straight, bro. Because mm-hmm. motherfuckers is out there, and you don't know who's who, you don't know what's what, and it's like you don't know what to do, bro. You don't know who to fucking confide in. You don't know who like is your boy. Like it just it's out there. You know what I mean? People do that. So you're paranoid? I'm not paranoid. I just watch everything I do, everything I say, and who I who I put my trust into because I already know people out here are phony, bro. But when you look at the shit that you were doing in your teen years and shit and then you think about it now from your adult perspective and also how much the world has changed in the sense that we have seen a shitload of people snitching. We do have fucking cameras on every goddamn street so if you shoot somebody these days chances are they're just gonna fucking keep going through these cameras and f- like we, you yeah. see people get caught from having a phone in their pocket when they go shoot at somebody etc like nowadays sometimes I'm reading the news and I'm like bro anybody who's trying to live a life of crime just do not do it these days it's, it's not, not it, it's not possible like there's too much information we'll be on the first 48 yeah. Unless you really want to be like a rebel who doesn't have a phone and doesn't have social media and it completely is like right. off the grid, maybe yeah. then you would have a chance. But that's just not how people are now either. Yeah, they they want to do some it's, shit and then also flex that they're that it, kind of person. Right, right. It's walking cameras out here, bro. Like everybody, yeah. it's like people feel the need to, you know, they see somebody getting beat up or something they want to record. Instead of jumping up and helping the person. It's like, let me get my likes on this Instagram post real quick first. You know what I mean? Like, like, I know a bunch of people who either got killed or overdosed, famous people and not that famous people. Mm -hmm. And I've seen them all dead on the Internet because that's just people's reaction. Like people that I was close to who died and I got to see the video of them laid out in their fucking car bleeding out with a hole in their head multiple, like a whole bunch of times. It's kind of trippy that this is that consistent. The motherfuckers will always film this and put it online. It's wild. People trip trip out on me because they're like, bro, like all you post is food and weed. (laughs) And I'm like, that's my life, bro. (laughs) Like, what do you want me to do? And they're like, why do you always post that? I'm like, why do you always watch it? You know what I mean? You're watching it. You're inspired for something. You like what I'm eating or what I'm smoking, like one or the other, because you're here, you know, faithfully every day. I see you on my right timeline or i'm you know what i'm saying like so it's like that's what i trained myself to do like i don't need to be posting anything else that's negative i'm I'm Mm. this is what i do you know i smoke weed and i eat 
Do you, um, but so, okay, you get home from doing that Fed bid, and is this when you actually really decided you wanted to turn your life around? Uh, yeah, this is, this what, is, what's that look like? I think this is when I kind of figured that I want to take the music serious and see where it goes, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I've been, I lived the whole, the whole life already. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know what I'm saying? I've been shot, I've been to prison, I've been to juvenile, I've been pretty much everywhere you could imagine. Um, and, you know, I'm not getting any younger. So music is best, basically my outlet for my 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 mind, for my my family. If I want to start my family and keep, you know what I mean, keep progressing. I have kids, you know what I mean. So at the at the end of the day, it's like I want to be able to take care of them. You've you been having kids like all along through this whole story yeah, and shit. When yeah. you first have a kid, yeah, um, two thousand seven, um, yeah, seven, because I I ended up going in, yeah, two thousand seven. I went in. And right when I got to the feds, um, you know, the girl that I was with pulls up and she's like, I'm a week pregnant uh-huh. type shit. You know what I mean? And it was Holy like, fuck. fuck. So he was born while I was in the, you know, in the system or whatnot. That's my son, Joshua. Um, and then uh, I had another son. I named him Music Don. Uh, he, he happened a little bit after I came home from the feds. You know, I was involved with a, a female that was at a, a, the halfway house where I was at. Wow. And, um, yeah, we had a son, but, you know, she took off with him or whatnot. Um, then I have a, a baby girl that's um, three years old. She's she's a baby still. So, yeah, it's been like, you know, and they're from different mothers or whatnot. So it's like it's been a little rough for me, you know. But I, I want to be able to, what I was getting at was that I want to be able to take care of them with this music, mm-hmm. with, with what I do, with, with myself and my life and everything that I'm, you know, like I always tell everybody, I feel like it's a piggy bank that you just stuff. And I feel like eventually from stuffing this piggy bank, it's going to burst. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like only a certain amount of money could fit in there. Eventually it's going to bust and then we got the, we got it. You know what I mean? So I always tell myself that and I've, I've been faithful to stuffing this piggy bank as much as I can to hopefully one day this shit just explodes and we're good. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you realized when you got out that you just had to keep doing shit but were you getting a reaction at first or like did you feel like you were kind of just starting from scratch i feel like i know so many people that when i said i was interviewing you they didn't know who i was talking about and then i showed them a picture and they're like oh yes i see this guy everywhere like you've been really grinding right yeah no a lot of people tell me that you know a lot of people will be like hey i seen you such and such and such what's your instagram and so i was like okay Mm -hmm. they they know only what they see basically you know what i'm saying and then when they get to talk to me when they get to see you know a lot of people will see me and either be intimidated or not necessarily intimidated they, they just might not be like okay that's not my cup of tea you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and then they talk to me and they see what my life's about what i've been going through like my whole struggle and everything and they're like they're just they just immediately become attached bro i don't know how it is or why it is but it's just like that it's insane no i mean really like the way that you talk and shit it's not like you, you don't really get like a menacing vibe like you're right. very like you're a smart guy and you're easy to right. talk to it's almost like you know, somebody who's a real dumbass like would just get go through your life and just never change. It's like right. you you kind of got into shit at a young age, and then but you were smart enough to realize like that you could do something more with yourself. So was, you have right. a different perspective, you know. And the good thing about that, man, honestly, in all reality, is that my homies they love me, they respect it, and they they you know they show love and they're they're be, they're by my side. I don't want to say they're behind me because they're, they're beside me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's like. That's a good feeling, you know what I mean? To be able to have that love coming from your home. Some people can't do that. Mm. Some people, it's like, nah, fuck that, you know? But with me, it, 
send it to work out. You know what I mean? My homies love me and I love them back. So it's like, man, all day, like we're pushing at this, at this dream together now. You know what I mean? And if I can help out a homie in, in the process, if he wants to, you know, join that, that um, positive note, then come on with it, you know? For sure. So how do you actually start working on your career when you get out this time in, in terms of music? Like, do you, do you hit the ground running or did you just kind of have to slowly start figuring shit out? Yeah, kind of like, I mean, I honestly, I did hit the ground running. I, I, I was in the halfway house and they only allow you a certain amount of time to get out of there. You have to have a job to get out. So I would say I'm going out job searching, which I was full of shit. I would, I would, you have to take them back like these business cards to let them know, look, at, I went to go look for a, a job here at this furniture store, here at this Burger King, here. At, you got to take them back business cards. Okay. So I would pay dudes to go get business cards for me. And I'll go studio and record. Because mm. I knew that I had to get this shit done. Like, there was nothing that was going to stop me from doing what I had to do. So I was in these studio sessions. I knew what time I had to be back. I'll be back. I'll meet the guy in the corner. Give me the business cards. Boom. Here you go. This is where I was searching at a job for today. They'll tell you, oh, we're going to call him. Like, that's fine. Tell him I said hi. Boom. Uh -huh. Here you go. You know? And that's, that, that's how I knew that I was determined. Was that I was risking my freedom again to actually go and do something positive. You know what I mean? Like I'm recording music, I'm shooting a video. I'm, uh, that type of stuff w to me was more worth getting violated for than for me getting something violated for something really that right. makes no sense. You know what I mean? Like that made more sense to me like mm. than anything. So I knew at that point that I was in for the long run and then this was going to be a positive run you know what i mean no offense but where did they think that you were going to get a job because realistically i don't right. think like enterprise rental car is going to hire you like <laughs> i'm telling you they had faith they had faith they had a lot of faith so i got to give them that you know what i mean like they definitely were i mean i guess it's just part of their job they have to do that you know what i mean right, so it yeah. was like i'm sure some of them knew like oh he wasn't looking for no job sometimes i would come in with bags from like certain stores in the mall and they'll be like, <laughs> like oh well, i stopped there for a second and got me a hot dog and got me some food like it just right. you know what i mean but you know they they would trip out because i i had you know people trying to help me out with the music that i met you know from before um in the system or whatnot some of these were wealthy people you know what i mean and they mm. they offered their hand to help me get get my foot in the door with this music and i, I would have Bentley's pulling up to the halfway house to pick me up and wow. you know the staff would be like hey um like you're living above your means over here bro and I'm like bro that's not my car like right it'd be different if I'm pulling up parking this right here in your driveway like I'm not you know what I mean like if they're picking me up I can't tell somebody hey don't bring your car that you own. The you last know? thing you want is the employee at the halfway house see, thinking that you're driving around in a Bentley because then they're just going to be like, man, fuck this guy. Let's That's get how they his were. Ass. But some <laughs> of them were, were happy like right. to see it. You know, I got to give them, you know, there were certain ones that would be like, That's right, get it. You know, and then there was the ones that you could see that little bit of envy that they'll come to my, my cell or whatever you want to call it because we had a room with like six different people in the halfway house. Where they'll come and look under your bunk and see if you got any contraband, shit like that. Like, so I would notice the ones that were kind of easy, easy, because they would see that we're doing decent, and then we, I would see the ones that would be like, "Oh no, fuck this guy! Like, he's doing too much. He's he's got to be doing something illegal." But they would come and search and find nothing because right. I wasn't doing shit. You know what I mean? But music. You know what mm. I mean? So it's like, okay, cool. You look all you want. Look for what you're what you're trying to find, and you know, good luck. So did you start? doing numbers like how, how did you start putting your stuff out because i feel like you've, you've gone viral on world star a couple of times right we have a, we've had a couple of videos on world star we took one or so we took one off i believe just, really how come yeah um 
I, I honestly forgot. I, I think it was just certain things in the video didn't match up. You know what I mean? So we kind of wanted to take it down. We took it down. We were supposed to put it back up, but I the same uh, dude that shot my video, I couldn't get in contact with him or something like that. So we didn't we didn't mess with it. You know? Um, yeah, like I think that just with my social media, it's funny because I got to a certain point on my Instagram before where I was like maybe at fourteen, fifteen thousand followers. And um, I lost my page. Like, somebody hacked it or whatnot, whatever happened. Mm. It was lost. And I told myself, you know what? I'm not even going to do this Instagram shit again. It's too hard to gain these these followers. People don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, you got to really be out here doing backflips for people to be like, oh, hey, look at this guy. Like, you know what I mean? And I said, you know what? I'm going to give it one more try. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So I made a, made a new Instagram. Um, I started doing videos of myself just rapping like because I was like I said I was dealing with the whole ankle monitor and shit so it was hard for me to keep the people's attention for so long with only throwback selfies that I was posting I couldn't go nowhere so I couldn't I wasn't really doing shit but staying home so I had my homie coming and recording me at the house like on the table just like this we were recording music he was sitting there with you know and he would make it sound like if we were in the studio so it sounded good. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do this until I get off. But uh -huh. the thing was keeping the keeping the people's attention, people, the, the people on Instagram, because they don't want to just keep seeing throwback pictures, throwback pictures. I'm like, I've seen this picture already. I've seen right. it. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't have no way of keeping their focus. So I started doing these rap videos of myself just doing rap. And it was crazy because I had like maybe 3,000 followers, but my views on these these songs were getting like, 50, 60,000, and I'm like, how if I have 3,000 people that follow me? Like, where are these songs going right. that these people are all just seeing them? So I just kept doing it, you know? And then I would take some down and put a different one up just to see how, like, what is it called? Like, that, um, the algorithm. The algorithm. Mm -hmm. Like, I would try to see how, what is it that, is it a certain time that I have to pose? Is it a certain thing? Like, you know what I mean? So I think I, I kind of learned it more or less what times. And then after that, I stopped giving a shit. I just started posting shit whenever I wanted, and they just... They kept going, like, and my and my my you know my following my is is still pushing, still moving up, you know. I mean, it's kind of a gift, especially when you think that, like, you know, you you started getting locked up before there really was social media, and then you've really like only been like free for a couple of right. periods of social media. It's right. like if if I were like to just be dropped down on Earth right now and told, hey, here's Instagram. I mean, what are the odds that I'm going to be able to figure out how the fuck to really actually utilize this platform? I feel like it's only because I've been using it for 10 years that I know right. how to go do it properly. You know, it must have been kind of overwhelming at one point. Yeah, no, most definitely. I didn't even know how to use the phone when I came home. I'm sitting there looking at it like, what does this mean? What does this mean? How do you do this? Like, how do I turn it on? Like, you know what I mean? Right. It, was, it was rough. But I mean, it, it kind of like, I feel like anything, bro, once you once you learn, it's like, it's up to you to keep, you know, going with it like if you if you like it then do it right go for it so i you know i kind of caught the wave of how everything worked i started off with the whole facebook stuff and facebook kind of was too too family orientated for mm -hmm. me like you know i was like the instagram was just pictures 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 so i said okay i could do this you know right and it worked and you know i just it started working to my benefit too especially after you know i st started you know we built the effort which is my my record label with along with my boy right here um, right you know we we started that and it's been like all business you know what i mean like now it now we we got a llc we got you know everything in place got a whole bunch of stuff going on we've been on cnn you know what i mean with anthony bourdain a lot of stuff through my brother steven orio you know back to my boy like he's put us in positions that 
only he could have done. He's really kind of you looked know? out for you. Like, cause I was thinking, I'm like, there's not, you know, most rappers to come up from the underground and stuff at a certain point, unless they just have like one song that's going super crazy or whatever. Usually, like they have to like bigger rappers will end up looking out for him yeah, and stuff. And, them out. and Esteban's kind of that for you. Like he's really kind of helped yeah, you out a lot. Yeah, he's definitely huh? been a, a big, you know, help in our in our um, journey right here. You know what I'm saying? He's he's got us to places that I'm sure that we probably wouldn't have been able to without him. You know what I mean? And it's he's hella appreciated for that. You know, I got tracks with. My boy Yellow Wolf now, you know what I'm saying? And that's all part of that. Like, Esteban, you know, plugged us up, brought Yellow Wolf to my neighborhood. And Yellow Wolf had a hell of a time. And he loved my homies. My homies loved him. And, you know, that that wasn't Esteban saying, hey, do a song with him. Like, Esteban didn't even mention anything. He didn't even know I did music. But it was the the, the love and the, you know what I mean, relationship that we built that day that just carried us on. Now, I got two tracks with Yellow Wolf now, you know? Right. I got two tracks with China Mac. Like, I got, you know, all these these things that are starting to come in place. Like, it's it's really a blessing and really dope, you know? That's dope, yeah. I mean, uh, in terms of, like, what kind of music you make, how, how would you describe it to somebody who hasn't heard you, and what do you aspire to do when you do make a song? Like, um, I mean, I do gangster rap, basically. You know, I don't sit here and get into the whole... Um, Chicano rap or the, you know, that type of stuff. Like, I do gangster rap. It's like if you're, you're a Chicano or you're a black or you're a white and you like it, that's what I do. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, it's like that's what I, you know, I learned to listen to. Like, I grew up listening to his gangster rap. You know what I mean? It, it really didn't matter who it was coming from. It was like if it sounded good and that's what made my head bob to the music, like, I'll definitely... Listen to that. So that's that's how I feel about that. You know what I mean? Like with with myself. Like I do gangster rap, and that's what I do. Right. Is it, is, it's kind of interesting because like I feel like you talk about stuff in the music that you probably wouldn't sit here and talk about in an interview. Like you kind of go more into your your past or or like you know what the the gangster lifestyle is all actually like. Like to a certain extent, it would feel like you were snitching on yourself if you said some of that shit in an interview. But in the music, you can just kind of. Well, let this out in a different I, way. I right? feel like in my in my in my music, I talk about myself. Like I don't mention other people. I don't, you know, throw nobody under the bus ever. Mm-hmm. Myself, I talk about what I've been through, my struggle, and that's why I kind of explain as well is that I'm I'm not, you know, some people will sit there and be like, oh, he's glorifying that lifestyle or he's this, and at the same time, it's like, no, this is this is me telling my story, what I've already did time for, what I've already been through. And for the kids to see and say, hey, if that's, you're going to go through all that to be, you know, a gang member or to be where he's at now, like, this is what I got to go through. So I'm kind of explaining to them, like, now you got a choice. This, you could do all this and end up wherever it is it might lead you. It might not lead you where I'm at. It might lead you somewhere else. So you got to kind of, you know, play that out by yourself. But at the same time, I'm trying to give knowledge to people, like, to understand, like, okay, look, there's... There's other outlets out there, you know what I'm saying? Music is definitely one of them, and I and I chose that's what I chose to do, you know? Like I said, if I speak about something, it's speaking about myself and nobody else, basically, you know what I mean? I'm talking about my own life that I've lived and, you know, everything that I've been through. Mainly it's talking about my, you know, my me getting shot, me doing time, and the rest is all smoking weed. It's just the normal stuff, but at the end of the day, I put it in a form where it's a story mm. that people like that shit. You know what I mean? People, they, they're drawn to it because it's like some people have lived that and then there's some people that haven't but are 
intrigued by it. You know what I mean? So it's like it's a win-win situation, especially if you're not throwing somebody under the bus or putting people on blast and you're not getting nobody in trouble in the process of you doing what you're doing. That's you know? one of the easiest ways to blow up and rap is basically to, to air out another rapper or to say hey fuck this hood fuck fuck right. all this shit we've seen a million rappers like basically like if you put out a song right now dissing some neighborhood or whatever i right. mean millions and millions of views no problem right. you know that yeah no, what I, keeps you from like because you, you're from the old school to a certain degree right yeah i just feel like i feel like that's giving people too much credit you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like when i when i first started rapping then yeah i might have tried that you know what i mean and try to start but growing up and me now seeing how much different my music is from other people's music it's like i don't feel like i even need to do that you know what i mean i feel like i let my lyrics and my music speak for itself and it that's what it's been doing and and pushing me further further above in the game has been only because of my music and like you said because of help that we get you know what i mean because my brother Esteban realized recognizes you know real love and support and real la street stuff you know if, what I'm if, if you you know, had a show and you just have, happened to be talking to a young fan, you know, say there's like a 15-year-old kid right. who is, is fucking with your music and you look at him and you see yourself when you were 15 and he's kind of at a crossroads. Like, he's he fucking with the gangster lifestyle but maybe he's still in school and shit. Like, how do you approach a conversation with him given that you, you want better for him than, than what you have but you also understand that he's in the same situation you were and he wants to you know have support from a, a, a network of people and stuff he don't want to feel like he's alone in the streets right. how, do, how do you speak to him well it's, it's crazy you ask that because I um a um, couple years back you know when I was home from the feds or whatnot I was going to the schools and talking to kids excuse me at the at the schools um, f- through this company that I used to work for they would have us, um, you know, on our little free time that we would have, they would take us to schools to go chop it up with the kids. And, you know, I would basically explain to them, like, at the end of the day, there's a different way to go about everything. Like, at the end of the day, there's somebody to answer to when it comes to, like, you're in class. Your teacher got the last say-so. So you're sitting there talking or bullshitting, and she says, hey, be quiet. Instead of, you know, actually arguing with her or going back and forth, just be quiet, and you won. Mm. You know what I mean? At the, at the end of the day, it's like they're they're always gonna win, mm. so you don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Like I, I would be in the system. It's so funny because you know some sometimes the the sergeants or whoever would walk in and be like, "Hey, how long you been here? I've been here three years. Damn! Like why haven't I seen you? Like do you got any write ups? Have you been? You know? Nope, I don't got none. You figured that out early on. You had to. You know what I mean? It's like that's how you get through your system time without actually fucking getting yourself in more bullshit that's the thing that i wish i got as a kid is like Mm -hmm. just don't put yourself in these situations of getting in trouble from doing some loud ass shit if you're gonna get in trouble have it be because you were doing some fucking criminal mastermind shit behind the scenes (laughs) that you just somehow ended up getting popped for but like just making shit hot for yourself is like like the ultimate way if you want to finesse your way through high school and shit is do good in school, make it so your parents don't give a fuck about, like, aren't worried about you because you actually are getting that shit done and then take all the rest of your time and actually be able to do whatever and meanwhile the heat is off you because you are getting your shit done. Like, Stay I mean, out th- the way. Th- that's the smarter way to handle it. Yeah, when I when I first got to, like, the system, you know, like, one of my boys that was, you know, in, also in, in prison with me, you know, because 
I ended up going like straight to a level three, and I later on I went to a level four. But you start at you usually you start at a level one, two, or like it goes like that. You know, that's the severities of the I guess your crime or how much time you got. Like they they got levels, you mm. know. So I started off in a level three, and you know I kind of liked the 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 structure of the program. You know what I mean? The way things ran, like it, it was it, you know you feel like you got solid people around you. So that's the type of time you want to do. Mm. Um, and, you know, a lot of people would be like, oh, you know, to stay on this level, you got to get write-ups. You have to get in trouble. Like, because if not, your points are going to drop and they're going to send you to a level one or a level two where people are doing stuff that you're like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? This ain't, this ain't the program that I was taught. So that, that being said, you know, the, the homies were telling me, oh, you need to get in trouble type shit. But then there was one homie that said, nah, don't get in trouble, bro. The trouble's going to come to you. Mm. Don't even go look for it because, you know, that's just going to add more and more bullshit to your shit. So just let it come and, and it'll come to you. And that's what happened. I I took that advice, bro. You know what I'm saying? And the trouble did come regardless. So it's like you didn't have to actually go out there and look for the bullshit. It's going to happen regardless. You know, it's part of part of being in the system, part of life. I feel you. you know, what about uh, your brand? Effort is how it's said. Yeah, it's not the effort. effort. Okay. Well, well, it's the effort, right? It's the effort music. But at the same time, it's the F for it. Got you. So I did it like that. So where, you know what I mean? It's you got not it on your face, right, too. It's on the yeah. side that they can't really see as well. Right. But the, when did you come up with the brand name? And, and your homie has a tattoo on his head, too. So right. you guys take this real serious, huh? Yeah, well, that's, that's, all, that's all we, you know, we're putting everything into the, into the effort music. And it's like everything requires effort. Anything else is just effortless. You know what I mean? It's like I don't understand when people be like, oh, you know, I did this and that. We're like, with no effort type shit. Like, nah. There's no such thing as that, bro. Like, to get up and get a glass of water, you got to put effort. It's not going to walk to you, you know what I mean? Like, everything requires effort. And I look at it like, at the same time, it's something that my homies can be proud of because, you know, we're from the F. You know what I mean? So at the same time, it's something, it's it's an outlet. You know what I mean? So that... They, you know, they, they can't say that I'm out here representing my gang with this. This is my record label. So this you were really is, you thinking know? about that when you named it? Like, well, I, I want to make sure that they don't think that this is, like, right. me straight go- creating a whole new gang. To right, just, you know you what know? I mean? Like, At the end of the day, it's like somebody told me, you need to do a mixtape called The Effort. And then they just basically said, they didn't tell me about this whole little X in the middle. They just said, do The Effort, but at the same time, it's The F4. And I'm like, okay, but I'm going to put something to separate that because we're a fort, we're right. a family, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I feel like that's, you know, it don't get more positive than that, man. Trying to trying to gain, you know, people to follow your, your positive journey. Like, you, there's no, how, how can you hate on that? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you know, me and my boy, that's all we do is put out positive stuff now, you know? And I mean, and it's like, it's been, it's been working for us. That's what's up. No, definitely. We see the growth. Um, And is this a, business that you are involved with or something yeah this is the billionaire hemp rap so we have a endorsement deal with billionaire hemp raps um they're really good these are tobacco free um they're um they're, they're making my actual face they're making a few uh like uh different flavors with my that are gonna have my face on them oh yeah yeah so it's gonna be like baldacci black and baldacci gold oh, that's what's up um, yeah it's gonna be sick it's it should be coming soon like that's Another thing that's a positive thing going on in my life is like I don't see a lot of people, even big names, that have that. You know right. what I mean? But 
I mean, God is good, bro. At this I point, your, like, your face tattoos are kind of like your real signature. Like, you you kind of, like, right. even, like, referencing it on the, the doll and right. shit like that. Like, has there ever been a time that you regretted getting that many face tattoos? And how do you think about it now? You still get tattoos now? Right. Yeah, no, I still do. They just hurt a lot more now. Before, they, it was like a, it was like a piece of cake. Now it's like, damn, you're almost done. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, type shit. It, it, that really did change. But I don't regret any of them. You know, I just feel like if there's one there that I don't need, I could stamp over it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like a it's like a canvas now. You know what I mean? I, I, I basically did this to myself. But at the end of the day now, I feel like we, we're branding this. Like, it's not something that was done for nothing. You know what I mean? Like, though I'm full of gang tattoos and I'm from a gang, I'll never say that I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, that's... At the end of the day, I'm a gang member that's out here doing positive things. I'm not sitting there running around doing the bullshit I did when I was a kid. Right. I'm doing positive things. So, like I said, how can we hate on that? No, definitely. Um, do you feel like, are you still on uh, parole or probation or whatever no, the fuck it is or anything I'm, like that? You're a free man now? I'm free. I'm off all of that now. I've just been. That's dope. That was my main thing too. That was my problem. I couldn't sign no late, no no deals with no labels. I couldn't do nothing because of the the federal parole. Like really, the federal, federal parole. You can't sign a record deal. They unless like say, these people are telling you they're gonna give you fifty thousand dollars to be recording in the studio. I had a probation officer that you know he had it out for me. He um, that it seemed I'm you know I'm not I, I don't even want to say that he did, but to me it seemed that way you know. But you know I brought him a couple of of. Um, like contracts, you know what I mean? And basically he would tell me, look, if they're not offering you money or telling you they're going to pay you this much, because some contracts would say we're going to attempt to make this much with this and that. You know, they wouldn't give you the money up front. But you had to ask him just to sign a contract. Oh, yeah, it had to go through him. Like for, my name couldn't be on nothing unless my, the probation office or them knew, knew about it because they would definitely run up on you. And take, they took me back for they violated me for making an album. Really? While I was on probation, yeah, they make it. They, they Just for making an album, not because of anything in particular you said or whatever. He, you know, my probation officer tried to use that, but the the judge, she threw it out because she was like, "Man, you're you're talking about you brought him here on a different type of violation. Right. Now you're bringing this up while we're in court. Nah, like it's not gonna fly, you know." But he's like, "Oh, but he talks about this and this and that." So then the attorney and people on my on my side. We're like, oh, so you say you you know his music? Like, I know every single song. Okay, so you know this song? Yes, we know this song. Why didn't you bring that song up when he's talking about the struggle, his family, like the the, the positive stuff? Oh, I didn't feel it was necessary. That was like the key word for my, my judge to just be like, you didn't feel it was necessary. Well, I don't feel the rest of this is necessary, so we're throwing this out type right. shit, you know? But it was attempted. The violation was definitely attempted. Like, they, they wanted to violate me for that, you know? Yeah. Just so, didn't. It came out of my favor, you know. It was, it, what do you do now to to stay out of trouble? You just like really avoid putting yourself in these kind of situations. Do you still feel like you you go back to the hood and stuff? You just try to keep your nose clean, or yeah, I keep I keep myself out the way. You know what I'm saying? I I definitely stop by my area. Like you know, that's 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 my people right there. Like I can never be taken from there. Like at the end of the day, it's like they're still my people. Like. But I don't go over there and hang out the way I did when I was a kid. Like if I Standing go there, on the corner for eight hours, yeah, I can't. Is, I can't do too hot, that, right? You know, none of that is going down no more. Like I was a kid when I did that. So now it's like I stop by, I say what's up to my people, show love. You know what I mean? Get some flags, get some food, and then you know I go about my business. And it's then it's back to my work, back to me in that box and trying to trying to figure out something positive to get done to to make these people continue seeing that 
I'm I'm out here chasing a different dream, you know? Definitely. No, it's motivational, man, for real. And uh, I feel like, you know, probably hopefully a lot of people will see this interview and it'll fill in the blanks that they like they have heard some songs and they seen you with the face tattoos and shit, but they maybe didn't necessarily know who what what you really were. You know, I, I hope this interview opened some doors for you. That'd be like the best thing that I could imagine. Yeah. Right. No, thank you, man. I appreciate you guys having me here. Like it's definitely a blessing and it feels like it's a another step in my career man i just feel like every you know every everything that we get done and that we accomplish is just is it's a better day definitely man you know yeah it's been uh it's been inspirational um anything that they should keep an eye out for that's uh dropping in the near future um yeah i got uh, my birthday's on saturday on february 13th mm. i'm actually Happy dropping a, thank you i'm actually dropping a video that we just shot with uh china mac my boy misfit soto um shot by concrete so we got that coming um just so many different things, man. These 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 hemp raps, like I'm definitely. Um, I got oh actually I got a documentary with Esteban Oreo too that's gonna be coming out. It's about my life. Really? Yeah, because we came out on LA Originals on yeah. Netflix with him. That was a big look for you. That's probably like a large percentage of people when they say, yeah, oh I know that guy. That's probably a lot. Where of, it came that's from. the yeah. main thing they think and, of. And this is like like a follow up to it. Like he's gonna you know put it all together. We already shot basically everything already. A lot of interviews in in the documentary like a lot of my people like you know they grew up with me they know me since i was a kid like just really good looks you know what i mean and and, and esteban definitely made that happen again you know what i mean so that's that should be coming soon as well definitely do you um did you get most of your tattoos done in prison or have you have you been tattooed by cartoon no i haven't got tattooed, really? tattooed by cartoon but he definitely said that he will eventually so we're waiting to see when we get around to that what you kind know? of space do you have left you got anything man we could four by four some shit i ain't even tripping <laughs> you know what i mean like that's that's yeah i really i mean if i got space it's like on my legs i still got my whole back and i was yeah. thinking about tapping in with him for that but then also that's a lot that's a lot to bite off right now right right yeah, yeah nah. walking around with a bloody ass back for oh. a week or two would be kind of shitty yeah see the good thing about it in prison is like they they could only tattoo for like a couple hours and then it's like okay i'll see you tomorrow they'll go back to you know and then yeah. they come, you run into them again it's like hey let's do that other piece and it's like piece by piece so you can't just sit there and complete your whole bag, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you can out here. Like. But, like, for me, like, timing-wise, that is how I'd want to do it is be right. like, all right, I'm going to pop a Percocet or two, and yeah. I'm going to get my whole fucking bag done. Yeah, like, you mean, let's do 10 hours right now, and I'm going to be sessions. fucking passed out, and let's right. get this shit done. Yeah, Hell yeah, now you have to, man. That's, sometimes that's the best way to go about it, you know? Yeah. Get it out the way. For real. Well, yeah. All right, Baldacci, man. It was great having you on the podcast. Yeah. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much, bro. For it was real. a blessing, man. Baldacci. Thank you. No Jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, subscribe, and hit up nojumper.com if you want to support. Appreciate all you guys. And follow him on uh, Instagram as well. It's on the screen. Yeah. Face of Los Angeles out here with my boy Adam22, No Jumper. Hey. Appreciate you, man.